Thank you for supporting the Ministry of Victory Outreach International. We pray this message challenges, ignites faith, and that God would fan the flame that will produce a harvest of souls throughout the world. Your Bibles this morning to the book of Proverbs. We're going to be opening up to Proverbs and then also we're going to be looking at Ephesians uh, chapter 5. And this morning, I'm going to be talking to you about the will of God, especially it's the beginning of the year, and we're looking ahead, and we want to make the right decisions. And I want to point out a few things that actually point us and lead us to the will of God, the will of God for our lives. And I'm speaking in this service, and then in the next service, in the uh, 1030 service, we have a special speaker that's going to be coming He's a friend of mine all the way from Connecticut. He's a pastor in, in Hartford, Connecticut. He used to be from my old neighborhood in New York City. He used to be on, on drugs and in one of the gangs. And I knew him out there in the streets. And after I got saved through the Teen Challenge Ministry, then later on he got saved. And, and now he's a bishop. He uh, has many, many different churches and different ministries around the world that God has uh, used him to be instrumental in opening. And, uh, and he's going to be with us. He's, he's overseer of the Youth uh, New Life Ministries in different parts of the world. And he's going to be speaking in our 1030 service. Amen? Praise the Lord. So this morning I want you to open up to uh, Proverbs. And in Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 5 and 6, it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. Hallelujah. And then I'm also going to ask you to open up your Bibles to the book of Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 5. And we're going to be looking at verse 15. To 17 in Ephesians chapter 5. And it says in Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15 to 17, Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most out of every opportunity, because the days are evil. Now, notice what it says. It says, Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the what? The Lord's will is, or the will of the Lord is. Amen? You may be seated. I believe it's very important for us to, every once in a while, be able to deal with this subject concerning the will of the Lord. Because the decisions that we make every day will actually determine our destiny. And we see it over and over again. You see people that they make the wrong decisions, and especially even Christians make the wrong decisions. And because of the wrong decisions, they experience spiritual shipwreck. And I believe that God has a plan for us. In fact, the Bible points out that God has a divine plan for every one of us. And we need to be able to follow his plan. And as we follow his divine plan, 
And as we follow the steps that he sets before us, the Bible assures us, assures us, and guarantees that there's going to be victory within our lives. The Bible doesn't say that you're not going to go through opposition. The Bible doesn't say, in fact, there are other scriptures concerning the will of God that the Bible speaks about and, and points out that even though you may be following the will of God, there's still going to be some opposition. There's going to be some moments of uh, opposition that's going to come our way. There's still going to be some spiritual battles that we're going to have to fight. But as long as we're in the will of God, there's a guarantee and there's an assurance that we have victory. Now, I want you to first understand that when we talk about the will of God, there are three wills. God has three wills. There's, first of all, what we would call his God's sovereign will. Now, when we think of God's sovereign will, it is something that cannot be changed. God has, in other words, predeterm a predetermined plan for everything that happens in the universe. That's a good example. He has created the universe, and he has a predetermined plan. He determines how the nations will act and how the kings will rule. And many times, who's going to rule? Even God, many times, also predetermines who's going to be president. He has a predetermined plan, and no one could resist or frustrate his sovereign will. This is the way uh, God has a, a sovereign will. I could tell you about the sovereign will of God. He said that Jesus is going to come back. Jesus, is, Jesus was going to come the first time. Then he says Jesus is going to come back. Then he talks about the end of the earth. All these prophecies that are spoken of within the word of God, this is according to the sovereign will of God. And no matter what we do, no matter what anybody does, that sovereign will of God is going to come to pass. No matter what you do, what we do, what, what the world does, what man does, God's sovereign will will come to pass. So there's the sovereign will of God. He has a plan for this universe. He has a plan for us and taking us to heaven. There's a, there's a heaven. There's a, there's a hell. There's a second coming of God. All these things, this is the sovereign will of God. And then also, not only does we find the sovereign will of God, but there's also God's moral will. His moral will. And the moral will of God, which is revealed within the Bible. That's the teaching that we have within the Word of God. God has, a, has a, a will, a moral will for us to live by. And it's all laid out. The moral will of God is all laid out within the Word of God. And this is why when we make decisions, we have to take into account not only His sovereign will, and not only our individual, God's individual will for us, but we have to always take into account his, uh, his moral will and the moral will of God. So there's a moral will of God, how he wants us to live and, and, and what he has planned for us and how we should live. It's all spelled out within the word of God. And then number three, there's the individual will of God. And I think that's where many of us want to really plug into we read the Word of God, and you know about the moral will of God because it's all laid out within God's Word. But you want to know what decisions should you make. 
and sometimes there's confusion that sets in, and the Bible says that confusion is not of God. Confusion is not of God. It is not God that wants to hide his will, but God wants to reveal his individual will for every one of us. So God has an individual will, an individual plan for God detail, a life plan design for each person. And God wants to guide us daily. So there's the three wills, the, the sovereign will, the moral will, the individual will. And I'm going to be dealing with the individual will this morning. Now, many Christians have uh, misconceptions concerning God's will. And I got, we got to deal with those misconceptions first before we even get into, because this morning I want to get into some road signs that point to God's will for our lives. And we're going to be talking, we're going to be looking at those road signs this morning. But even before we consider the road signs that point us to God's individual will for us, there's some misconceptions that I think that it's better for us to clear up so that you have a real understanding concerning God's will. Misconception number one that many Christians have is that God is going to reveal to you his entire will at once. Many of us, wouldn't it be easy if all of a sudden you pray and by praying and by separating yourself in prayer and fasting, you say, God, I want to know what you want me to do. I want to know your will for my life. And then you're expecting that he's going to give you a whole blueprint. And he's going to go ahead and, and give you a synopsis or syllabus of, your, of the entire will of God that he has for you. And he lays it all out for you. Well, it doesn't work like that. And I thank God he doesn't work like that. He'll, be, he'll scare you to death. If he lays out the plan, he would have scared me to death. He would have laid out the whole plan that he had for me as soon as I got saved. If he would have said, this is what I'm going to, I want you to do. And this is my will for you. It would have terrified me. But what he does, because we can't handle it. We could only handle so much at a time. So because of that, he, he doesn't reveal the entire will, his entire will at once. God will reveal his will slowly and progressively. And we have many examples of that within the word of God. That's what makes it difficult sometimes because then you have to seek it, right? Seek and ye shall find. We're lazy sometimes, spiritually lazy. We want it all laid out. But God says, no, I'm just going to give you a little bit for today, and then tomorrow you have to seek me again. And if you seek me for concerning my will for you, then I'll reveal it. So it's a, it's a constant uh, revealing, seeking, and also revealing God's will for our lives. We have examples of that within the Word of God. We have the children of Israel. What would they let? Every day they were led by a pillar, right? A cloud, a pillar of fire. This is the way they were led. Day by day they had to depend upon God. There was a cloud that took them one step at a time. And we need to ask God to show you, you need to show us what is the next step that we have to take. And I think that's what we have in our hearts this morning. When you want to know God's will, you have a lot of decisions that you have to make. There are many of us that this year you're saying, I got some heavy decisions, and I, I got to make some choices, 
and I want to make the right choice, and I want to make the right decision. And I want to be confused. So I need to know what God wants me to do and what God's will is for me. Well, just as you want it, God also wants to reveal it. And he wants to take you and bring you into that place of leading you and guiding you one step at a time. One step at a time until finally we make it into our last step that he ushers us right into the presence of God. So misconception number one is that some people think that he's going to reveal the whole, his whole entire will all at once. It doesn't work. Misconception number two. We perceive God as a celestial killjoy. You think that everybody wants God's will? There are some people that are just like Jonah, running from the will of God. There are some of you that are afraid of getting committed. And the reason why you're afraid of getting committed is because you say, man, it's going to cost me too much. It's going to be too much of a price that I'm going to have to pay. So because of that, I'm not going to commit myself. They have fear, and they have fear in their hearts of finding God's individual will because they think that it's a drag, and it's dull, and it's boring. Some people have that concept. You say, if I give myself and dedicate myself to God, then I don't want that life because maybe in your mind you think about priests and nuns. Maybe you come from that background. And the way they walk, you know, and, and, and they, they have the, the celibacy and, and then they're isolated and become loners and it seems like a real lonely life. So because of that, whenever you hear anything about Christianity and about religion or about seeking God's will, you begin to shun from it. You say, I'm, not gonna, I'm afraid to put my life in his hands because what is he going to do with me? And I, I want to enjoy him. I'm young. I want to have my fun first before I place my life in God's hands. But there is no place in all the world where you could find as much happiness. Hear me now. And that's what you desire. That's what all of us desire. We desire happiness. And there's no place in all the world where you could find as much happiness, and not only happiness, but also security. We live in a very shaky world, my friend. You hear everything that's happening in the news. In fact, the, our country is being shaken right now by this scandal that has taken place. But the Bible tells us that there's no place in all the world where you could find happiness and security and also fulfillment as being in the center of the will of God. Whenever you come into the center of God's will, there's a sense of fulfillment. There's a sense of security that takes place. So what am I leading to? It's important for us not to have that misconception that is dull and is a drag. God is an exciting God. God is a fun God. God is not a boring God. God is a creative God. That's the type of God that we serve. We don't serve a boring God. God is an exciting God. And whenever you plug in, you plug in with God and you get into the center of God's divine will, it is exciting. All people that are in the will of God are exciting people to be around. Because God is an exciting God. But that leads me to this. 
that we have to have the right attitude. And the reason why there may be some that have not experienced his divine will is because of your lousy attitude. I got your attention, didn't I? See, I want to drive it in. Lousy attitude. We have to change our attitude. You, you can't, if you come with the attitude in, in this year that you had last year concerning God's will, nothing's going to happen. We need to have a change. We need to have a change of, of mentality. We need to have a paradigm shift that's going to take place. We need a change of attitude towards God's will while we're seeking it. As we seek God's will, our attitude is so very, very important. God does not reveal his will to someone who's going to decide about it. I've always said that. God's not going to, why should he, he knows everything about you. And then you're getting proud and haughty and you're saying, Lord, tell me what you want me to do and I'll, and I'll, I'll see if I want to do it. Tell me what you want me to do and let me think about it. No, you say, forget it. Forget it. I'll get somebody else that has the right attitude. So this year, it very well could be perhaps that we need to change our mentality and we need to change our attitude. We need to have an attitude that we're going to say, Lord, I'm not going to debate about it about your will, but I, I desperately and I sincerely want your divine will for my life. That you have that desire within your heart, God, I want your will. I'm tired of living that life outside of the will of God. I, I will not settle for it anymore. I want to be in the center of God's will. I'm tired of being defeated. I want victory within my life. Now, notice what Romans 12, 1 says. It says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. You hear that, you get scared. Bodies a living sacrifice. Boy, that's heavy, man. That's some heavy preaching, man. Wow. That scripture scares people, especially those that have a misconception. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice and holy. When you hear that word holy, oh, holy, oh, that must be dull. You can't do anything. You can't even enjoy it. That's a lie. That's a misconception. Your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, and then it says acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And then it says that ye may know, at the end of it all, it says that you may know what is the good and perfect will of God. Hear that? See, so our attitude, our, our attitude is very, very important. And let me tell you, there is unrest for many Christians because every day they're debating concerning God's will. And if you decide in your heart to have him as Lord, then God will begin to unlock and begin to show you step by step the plan that he has for you. In Luke chapter 6, it says, Why call me Lord and do not what I say? That's a good scripture. You come in here, Lord, and sing Lord, and why call me Lord and you don't do what I tell you? So if you want him to, to be Lord of your life, then we need to come to that. 
and, 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 as, and you may have been in, living a life of unrest in, in 97, then you need to plug into God's individual will for your life, and that unrest will leave you. You'll have the, just the opposite. You'll have rest. You'll have security. you have peace. Amen? So that's a misconception. Another misconception is that uh, some people think that you have to become a bionic person. You look at yourself and you're always putting yourself down. And you have accepted failure. Well, I've been a failure in school and I've been a failure. And my mother and father always call me that I'm never going to amount to anything. I've been a failure in my marriage. I have, this is my fifth marriage. And I failed in all of them. I'm a dropout of everything. And because of that, then you have accepted defeat. And you say, well, anybody, oh, yes, that, uh, Pastor Sonny, he's bionic. <laughs> Pastor Charles bionic. I mean, they're, they're superhuman beings. And that's why God is able to use them. No, the Bible says just the opposite. He's taking the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. He is looking for people like you and people like me. We don't have to be that uh, super uh, human being to be used of God and to come into the perfect will of God. He takes you just like you are. And then he begins to lead you and he brings you right into the center of his divine will for your life. And then the misconception number four that you have to have uh, the experience that Paul had. You're always waiting for that flash of lightning. You're waiting for that experience. And, and listen, you may have a preconceived idea of how that experience is about to come. But that experience may never come. Because God works differently with all of us. Paul may need, have needed that, that, that lightning taking place. That flash of lightning. Paul needed that. And because Paul needed that, God came and gave him that. There are some of you that needed some supernatural experiences, and God gave you that. But I, I get blessed by, by Sonny Jr. He says, I don't even remember when I got saved. He says, I just, it just happened. It wasn't something sensational, but it just happened. And then he says, in ministry, I don't even know when I was called to ministry. It just happened. It was a progressive thing. I didn't see a bolt. I didn't feel a bolt of lightning. I, I didn't see any big lights. All it was that as I kept on walking and following the Lord and following in his footsteps, all of a sudden I found myself in ministry. As he followed the will of God. So we don't have to have that uh, bolt of lightning or flash of, of lightning that's going to take place so that you could experience his divine will. All that was introduction. <laughs> well, I haven't even given you the road signs yet. <laughs> those, were, those were misconceptions. So I'm going to give you the road sign. We're going to move with it quickly, amen? I want to give you some of the road signs. Now, again, when you're going to go somewhere, when you're driving, what do you look for? Road signs, right? And we need that. And I'm so terrible on that. I got to get a thing. Never get lost. You know, I wish we could get that in the spirit, spiritual one. You know what I never get lost? This is like a computer that is connected to the satellite, and you just punch in where you want to go. And then you punch in, and you don't have to think anymore. The computer tells you. 
So you're driving, the computer says, make the left turn right here. You make the left turn, you see? Just like a robot, you follow the computer. And I found out the computer sometimes is wrong. But God is never wrong, amen? So let's talk about some of the road signs. And what I'm trying to do this morning is trying to help you in, in, in looking at things and, and having some road signs that actually lead you into God's perfect will for your life. Number one road sign, amen? The first road sign that we want to bring out is, first of all, the most important, it's the Word of God. His will for us will always be in accord with His Word or His moral will for us. God does not go against His Word. And anything that you do, if it's not according to the Word of God, then it's settled, it's not God's will. Anytime. That's one of the things you have to gauge yourself concerning God's will. Is it in, is it in his word? Well, you know, some people, they even violate that. And that's a big violation when you begin to violate that. I'll give you a good example what's, ha what's in the word of God. In the word of God is uh, choosing a mate. You know, you fall in love. Oh, she's so pretty. Oh, he's so handsome, right? I get goosebumps when I see her. I get goosebumps when I see him. He's for me. And I just feel it. I get those goosebumps. And because I get those goosebumps, it's confirmed that he or she is for me. Well, have you looked into the Word of God? And, and the person may not be a Christian. If the person's not a Christian, forget those goosebumps. It comes from the devil. It's the flesh. La carne. Not the spirit. Because you're going contrary to the word of God. And the word of God, what does it say in the scripture? Be not unequally yoked together with an unbeliever. It's settled. That's what it says. Don't try to get around it. Don't try to reason it out. It's settled. You don't have any business getting together with somebody that's not saved. So you don't have to really fast about it. And God, I want to. Deep revelation, hallelujah, concerning, or, or damelo, senor, or damelo, senor. You should pray first for the person to get saved. Then if a person gets saved, you better make sure he's saved. He's not playing the, not playing the part. I've seen guys play the part, you know. You gotta be careful. You gotta make sure you got the fruit of the spirit. I'll give you another example. We have the income tax coming around. So all of a sudden you say, "Well, bless God, we have our building program." So I'm gonna cheat on the income tax, but it's all for a worthy cause. Cause Lord, I'm gonna give my money to the building program. So you try to justify it. And say, well, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to finagle this, and I'm going to cheat here, so that the, in the long run, the, the, the outcome is going to be good, because I, I have good motives. It doesn't matter what kind of motives you have. It's not according to the Word of God. Or I'll tithe, Lord, you know. It's not according to the Word of God. So then we cannot violate the Word of God, okay? So the Word of God is the most important road sign concerning God's will for us. Number two, the second road sign is circumstances. 
circumstance. God works many times through circumstances. And it's very simple. Sometimes you want an open door, and he closes it. <laughs> what more plain than that? Or he opens a door, or he closes the door. They say, Lord, I want to do this. And the Lord shuts the door in your face. I think that's trying to tell you something. One way or the other, I, I think the message is coming loud and clear. He just closed the door. Or he opens up doors. Many times God works through circumstances in opening up doors for us. And we have that in the Word of God in 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 8 and 9. We find that Paul was uh, directed to stay in Ephesus because of the open door. Listen to what he says in 1 Corinthians 16, verse 8 and 9. He says, but I will stay on at Ephesus until Pentecost because a great door for effective work has opened to me. So how did Paul come to the conclusion that he was supposed to stay? Through circumstances. Through the open door. An open door was open to him. And because of the open door, he said, and he came to the conclusion, it is God's will for me to stay here in Ephesus. So there's the open door. There's the closed door. Let me also mention this, that sometimes when the door closes, and I don't, I don't want you to get confused, it doesn't necessarily mean that that's not God's will altogether. See, that's what makes it a little complicated. That's why you got to pray. See, because sometimes God closes the door and says, wait. It's not timing yet. And I'll open the door in my timing, but it's premature, and it's not my timing yet. So then there are times that we need to just wait on God for God to open the door. And let me also add this to circumstances, that because we don't obey him sometimes. See, circumstances, some people... Their whole life, the way that they follow and, and, and try to follow the will of God is through circumstances. And those are the type of people that are kind of a little bit rebellious and they're not obedient when God speaks. Because God speaks. How many know God speaks? God speaks through his word. God speaks through the preaching that I'm preaching this morning. But not everybody's obedient to that. And God loves you so much that he says, I'm not going to give up on you. So then he begins to move in your life through circumstances. And the circumstances trying to align you to God's divine will for your life. So that's not the best leading sometimes, because sometimes you bring some heavy circumstances, some unfavorable circumstances to come your way. So circumstances, amen? And then also uh, another road sign is the inner witness of the Holy Spirit. That's one that I think we all, we all feel one of the ministries of the Holy Spirit is the leading and guiding of the believer. That's what the Holy Spirit is here for. It's to lead and also to guide us. And I want to just give you scriptures. I'm not going to read them, but just jot them down. John 16, 13, Romans 8, 14, Galatians 5, 18. Those are scriptures that point out how the Holy Spirit guides us and the Holy Spirit leads us. It is described as a still, small voice. You ever hear somebody say that? Or an inner voice. That's what happened with me. Remember I said God spoke to me? 
when the calling of God upon my life, and I said it was a still small voice. It's something inside that took place. Or there's an inner burden, puts a burden, or even inner quenching. When you're out of God's will, or when you're drifting away from God's will, there's a quenching that begins to take place in your life. The Holy Spirit begins to quench you. And that's when you really feel on a bummer. When the Holy Spirit is quenching you like that, or an inner compelling of the Holy Spirit. A compelling of the Holy Spirit. All these words that I'm using are experiences that God works in your life. Gives you a burden. Gives you an inner quickening. Gives you an inner compelling of the Holy Spirit. And when we obey, we experience peace. And on the other hand, when we don't obey, then we experience restlessness and also a lack of peace within our lives. So that's a road sign. And I, and I think that we need to really think about that because that's the way that most of the time that, the Holy, that, that we're led to the perfect will of God. We're in the dispensation of the Holy Spirit, and the way that we're led today is through the Holy Spirit many times. The Holy Spirit leads. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. We need to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit leading. Let me move on. Roadside. Road sign number seven, another road sign that points to God's perfect will, is supernatural guidance. Supernatural guidance. Wait a minute. I didn't give you. I'm jumping over here, ain't I, right? My God. We're at four. Boy, that was fast. I said, boy, this is fast. Some of you weren't even listening. You say, yeah, yeah. Can tell who's listening, who's not listening no more. This choir was listening. They're going to stop pulling me. Wait a minute, Pastor. Hallelujah. Let me move quickly. Amen. The fourth road sign is uh, mature counsel from other believers. This is why you got to be careful who you hang around with. Don't hang around with flakes. Because if you hang around with flakes, you're going to become a flake. Hang around with spiritual people that will help your spiritual life. So mature counseling from other believers that are mature. And also, you need to come sometimes and talk to your leaders. Not necessarily only your pastors, but the leaders that God has placed over you. And sometimes we need to do that. Uh, fifth road sign is personal desires. Personal desires. And what do I mean by personal desires? Our desires may be indicated, indicator pointers to what God wants us to do. I'll give you an example. You know, whenever, now whenever you're in the will of God, now when you're not in the will of God, and when you, you, you're not praying or, or seeking God, then what happens to you is that your desires are not going to be lined up with the Word of God. You know what desires are? The desires are going to be to gratify the flesh. So you can't go by those desires when you're in that frame of mind and you are in that frame spiritually. In that state spiritually. Because when you're in the flesh, the desires are going to be of the flesh. That's why it's important for us to pray and seek God. And as we're praying and as we're seeking God, then our desires begin to change. And that's when God is able to lead us through our desires. Because we're in the spirit and we're seeking God and we're praying and we're fasting and we come to church. Then God begins to work through our desires. Many times if we're in a 
good spiritual frame of mind, we could check our desires, and you will find that your desires many times are going to be in accord to the will of God. But be careful. If you're in another frame of mind and in the flesh, then your desires are going to be fleshy. You can't say, well, I desire to do this, and your desires are going to be to do other things that God doesn't want you to do. So desires. And, and, and also, let me say about desires that even in ministry, when God begins to want, want to put you in a ministry, he's going to work through your desires too. Because he's also going to work through your gifting. So desire. And then number six, common sense. Common sense. You know, some things are so com- sometimes the Lord wants us to use the common sense. Think for a minute. Think. Some people come to me with the dumbest questions. And they go, Pastor, I want a heavy word from you. And dumb questions that all I, all I got to do is just think just common sense. And I think about it and say, wow, man, common sense, you know. And I give them the answer. And they say, oh, yeah, wow. Praise the Lord. What a revelation. But all it was is common sense. But at the same time, we have to be careful in our common sense because sometimes God doesn't do everything that's common, does he? So again, it takes neology, seeking God. And, and I'll, I'll give you a few examples where God didn't do things that were common. Noah, when he told Noah to build the ark, was that common? No. What about Abraham to sacrifice Isaac? Was that common? No. What about Philip was having a revival? And all of a sudden God told him, I want you to leave the revival and go to the desert. That wasn't common. What about marching around Jericho? Was that common? No, it wasn't common. So there are times that we could use our common sense, but there are times that God breaks through that whole thing and says, I I don't want to do something that's common, but I'm going to do something that's extraordinary. That's when we need to be sensitive with God. And then last of all, the last road sign is supernatural guidance. And that's through some of you like this. Get this here. You like this. Supernatural guidance through an audible voice. Johnny! You ever have that happen to you? Susie! You know, audible voice. Well, in the Old Testament, it happened. You look in the Old Testament, it happened. You also find some in the New Testament. Audible voice, angel. All of a sudden, an angel comes. Or a, a vision or a trance. Some people see visions. Old man, what does he say over here? The preacher, old man shall dream dreams, and young men shall see visions in the last days. Visions or a trance. A dream. One of the ones that is used many times, and I'm sure that many times God has used this in your life, is prophecy. Prophecy, a prophetic word that somebody gave you, and God was trying to lead you and guide you through a prophetic word, and also a miracle. God does a miracle, and he's trying to lead you. But even though all these are are not common, many of them are not common today, because we have the Holy Spirit, because we have his word, we have the Holy Spirit, We can't rule them out. God still speaks through us through supernatural means. God is God. And he does whatever he wants to do. So those are some of the road signs that 
we need to take into consideration when we're seeking the will of God. The Word of God, circumstances, the Holy Spirit, mature counsel, personal desires, common sense, and also supernatural guidance. Now, I pray, listen to me carefully. I pray that every one of us are going to have a desire to get into the perfect will of God. I don't know about you, but I want that. You say, Pastor Sonny, you've been in Christianity a long time. Yes, I've been a long time in the ministry, a long time in Christianity. But now I want to know, what do you want me to do now, Lord? What do you want me to do now? I just can't take it upon my hands and I know everything and I'm going to do my own thing. No, then I fail. So I need God as long as I'm alive and as long as I'm walking on this earth and as long as, as, long as I'm serving him, I need him to lead me and guide me every step of the way. And when he does that, then I'm a happy Christian. I'm a secure Christian, and I'm also a fulfilled Christian. You know why there's some of you that are grouches? I can say that I'm your pastor. Some of you are grouch, grouches. You're out of God's will. Or somehow you haven't surrendered. You haven't somehow surrendered. So you're always this unrest and you blame everybody else. You're not looking where the problem is. Hey, the problem is not over there, over here, everywhere, the church. The problem is you. You are the problem. You are the problem. And until you begin to get it right with God, and until you say, God, I have a desire. I want your will. I'm tired of being out of your will. And I want to come and align my life to your will. I want to be obedient. And then when you begin to do that, you'll be the most happiest person. There was one guy that was a big grouch. He's not a grouch no more. Now he dances around over here. He comes running. Hey, something happened to that guy. Something happened to him. Man, overnight, something happened to him. You know what happened? He found his place of ministry. He found where he belonged. He found where he could be effective. And now he says hello to me. He not only says hello to me, he hugs me. One time he looked at me and, you know, mm. Mm. brother comes up and oh just hugging me and I, and I can tell when he's if he's got it all right you can tell by his face you can tell by his dancing by his running around by the love by the satisfied life by contentment by security that he feels listen there's no better life than living a spirit-led life and being in the center of God's will that's what God wants for you this morning. I want you to stand with me right now, and I want you to come to... We pray that this message has encouraged you to grow in your walk with God. To hear more messages, visit www.visionintlstore.com. Thank you for listening. God bless you.